0: Well, it's good to see all of you, glad to be here today, and I'm going to share a word today on whatever he says, just do it. You know, um, (laughs) I I imagine all of you know that's true, but (laughs) we'll look at this word today. Um, It's it's just been a a story in the Bible that's always been special to me because it's the beginning of Jesus' miracle work on earth. You know, for 30 years, uh, the world after his birth really didn't know that much about you know him you don't read a lot you just it just says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with god and man that was kind of what it said but it doesn't really go into detail about what he did during that time we have one incident when he was 12 when uh, he was with his parents and he didn't return with them he ended up staying uh, in the city and and when his mother and father found out that he wasn't there they went back to find him And uh, he said, well, he was busy doing, you know, what God had given him to do. And, uh, of course, his parents, I'm sure, were like, okay. And, uh, you know, how many of you, after not finding your child for three days, are going to go, oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. Hallelujah. (laughs) We were just looking for you. No problem. You know, so, you know, I'm sure it was much more involved than just that little, you know, okay. Uh, But, you know, the word doesn't really give us details about Jesus' life. But uh, in chapter 2 of John, uh, there's an incident that takes place. And and we're going to read all of John 2, 1 through 11 this morning. Whatever he says, just do it. And uh, I think that's critical for the year that we're going to live in this year. Whatever God says, just do it. You know, there's times when God says things that we do not understand. But if we don't do what God says, we stop the plan of God in that arena of our life there is no question how many of you know if you're not obedient you do not eat the good of the land the bible says if you're willing and obedient in in isaiah 1 18 you will eat the good of the land but if we decide to not do what god is saying then we block from any future plans that god has until we do that thing and uh, i think the last time i shared on a wednesday night before we left excuse me i shared about a situation i was talking with somebody and they said We know we're going forward. God said we're going forward, but we have to go back to this place where we feel like we might have gotten off track. You know, when you go back to where you thought you got off track, you're not going backward, you're going forward. And I explained it like this. You were never going forward when you were back there. So in order to go forward, you have to go forward to the backward to go forward again. Does that make sense? Because God is never going forward once he gives his word. That's, and we, we initiate that word, we go forward. If we don't initiate it, we don't go forward. And so God is always in forward motion. God is not going back. He's going forward. If he's going to fix anything back there, I just want to share this with you today. Stop looking back there to get it fixed. Look forward, and in the going forward, he'll fix it. But he won't go back and fix it. There's, there's no going back once we've stepped you know, into the next minute or second. It, time doesn't just go backward. So if we look at this, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mothers of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour is not come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to do, do it. You know, Nike pinned that, just do it, and they got the swish. My husband loves that swish. He doesn't see Nike. He sees this. Whatever he says, just do it. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants, everybody say the servants, the servants who had drawn the water knew. Okay, that's really important. The servants of the water, the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called for the bridegroom, and he said to the bridegroom, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs, everybody say beginning of signs jesus did in cana of galilee and manifested that means revealed or showed his glory and his disciples believed in him they were the ones that just took the water filled the water pots took the water and somewhere in the process it was changed to wine so they knew something had happened and that knowing caused them to believe in their heart who jesus was who he was and who he would be. Then it says, and after this, he went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, his brothers, his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that every time we read the word, excuse me, even if we've heard it before, there's revelation in the word of God. And I pray today for revelation in the hearts of every person sitting here, that this is the hour that we know who Jesus is, we have revelation, and that we begin to operate in that revelation, in the miraculous, like we never have before. And I ask you to let the words of my mouth, and and the things that I say this morning, be be what you would have me say, and be acceptable in your sight, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so as we look at this, you know, I two things. Uh, first and the foremost, John two five, his mother said to the servants, "Whatever he says to you, do it." Turn to your neighbor and say, whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. Uh, you know, we say just do it. You know, sometimes the, it's in the doing of the word that there was an old song that we used to sing at Victory that it's in the doing of the word that makes it a reality. If you don't ever do the word, it'll never be real. It's in the actual walking out of the word that it becomes more and more real in our lives. And I was thinking also in verse 4, when Jesus said to Mary, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? You know, um, when I read that, you know, woman, you know, like not mom, woman. (laughs) I read in my commentary, it says uh, it was used in addressing people of rank, the title woman. Woman. In other words, woman, you know, woman was not, there was man and then woman. And, uh, but I also know that he, he said on his cross to John, woman, behold your son. So it wasn't a derogatory thing that he was saying, because then he said to John, behold your mother. Jesus cared for his mother. He, his mother, if you study the scripture, she was with him from birth to death. She was at the cross. She was at the tomb. So, you know, this is not a derogatory statement. I, this is just me. It says here the scholars say she probably meant just go get some wine. But to me, it's like I'm a mother, not a scholar. And so I think, you know, he's saying, I, you know, wh- what are you asking me to do it for? You know, he's a young man. Why are you asking me? Then he says, it's not my time. But I tell you, hallelujah, it was. So Mary knew something. When she spoke to him, I don't believe it was just go get some wine. I believe Mary was a woman who heard God. If you go back in the scriptures to Luke chapter 1, Mary was not uh, in the position of going to church. You don't read that in the word and, you know, really seeking God when she heard she was going to carry the son of God. But I believe from that point on, from the time she carried the Messiah, she was a woman who heard the voice of God. She knew what God was saying. And so when she said to him, uh, do something about this she knew exactly what she was saying even though when he said it's not my time in the end it says it was the beginning of signs it was the time it was and and i don't know why god chose a wedding i don't know all those answers today but i know it was the time everybody say the time and jesus immediately you know and and i think of that scripture and i think you know everything he touched must have just turned into a miracle isn't that amazing I mean, you know, even if he did do it just to go get wine, you know, in the end, he did it with water and he touched water and it turned to wine. Everybody say miraculous. See the miraculous to be in the miraculous. You have to be a person who is willing to do whatever he says when he says to do it. You can't live in the miraculous and wait on your timing. You can't live in the miraculous and do it when you get ready. You know, when you have all your hair in place and you've lost 20 pounds you know, that's why I told God, I'll go on TV as soon as I lose 40 pounds because it's going to add 10. I got to be under to get there. You know, I got to. And, you know, I felt like God said, and and who cares what you look like anyway? It's what you're going to say that's important. See, if you understand, I thought I care. <laughs> and, and you know, the people who look at me would like to look at something that's not filling the entire screen. But Hallelujah. You know, and I always say to Daniel back there on the camera, Honey, did you make me look thin today? He goes, Yes, Grandma, you were perfect. I go, Good boy. Hallelujah. There's a reason you're on the camera. You love Grandma. But, you know, uh, God doesn't care about, about the fact of what we care about. He cares about the miraculous. And to be in the vein God's end, you have to do it. Whatever he says, just do it. And, and so, you know, when Jesus did, and he really did, what his mother said but she said then after that whatever he says do it and i believe she knew i was looking at the scripture you know you look from luke 1 and these are just a few scriptures they're not going to be on the screen but it says the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name jesus i mean that was a miracle word that was not oh you know you know, like, like Sarah, she received a miracle word. You know, in a year you're going to have a baby. I'm 99. He's a hundred. I mean, you know, everybody say miracle words. See, those are things that instigate miracles. The key was she said, and Mary did say exactly what this scripture says. She said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. That's when the miracle was conceived. That's when Jesus was conceived, was when Mary said, okay, I'll do it. Whatever he says, just do it. And so it goes on, and it talks about many situations where, like when she was with Elizabeth, and and the baby leaped when she walked into that house, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. You know why? Because the presence of God was in her. The presence of God is in you. You know, everybody's baby should be leaping wherever you go. You know, I heard somebody preach that, you know, uh, you know, the baby should be leaping wherever we go because the presence of God is in us. That's what happened. The presence of the Messiah stepped into that house in the womb, but it was the presence of the Messiah. That, and that's why you don't abort babies because in the womb is life. And Jesus was the life. He was the way, the truth and the life. And so when she stepped in, I'm telling you, Mary could not have experienced those things without knowing she'd heard God. I mean, you don't walk through that kind of an uh, arrangement, you know, the trip to Bethlehem, the whole nine yards. But even more important, if you get over in in chapter 2, she was uh, to take the baby to the temple to be dedicated. And it says there, there was a man there, and his name was Simeon. And God had told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. He had told him that. And so when they brought the baby, he took him in his arms, it says, and bless God. This is what he said. This is Luke 2, 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Earlier on, it says Mary kept all these things in her heart. She pondered them in her heart. You know, the tendency for some of us is as soon as we hear something from God, we want to blab it to the world or blab it to people that we think will be of like faith and they don't get it. You know, sometimes you just ponder. Everybody say it's not wrong to just ponder. You know, when we ponder things, what that's saying is all these things to Mary were showing her what her son would go through. And he said, Simeon blessed them and said, to mary she said he said it to mary his mother behold this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in israel and for a sign which will be spoken against yes a sword will pierce through your soul also he said that to his mother that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed so from the very beginning i mean this is an eight-day-old child now you know she's had this blessed are you highly favored of God, you get to be pregnant and not married. That was number one. (laughs) Now, number two is this baby we're dedicating, your heart will be pierced because what will happen to him. So I don't think when she got to that wedding, she was just saying, hey, get some wine. I think she knew, and she had heard God. It was his time, and she called upon him to do the thing That He was supposed to do and it proves out in scripture because it turned into a miracle and then it says they left I don't know what her role was all the time, but I know she certainly was a major part of his life And and she heard God. She heard God speak through Simeon. She heard God speak through the angels She heard God speak, you know many times I'm sure when they had to rush him off to another country because Herod was going to kill all the babies I'm sure all of their life was a supernatural life. And we want to live supernatural lives, don't we? Well, if we're going to live supernatural lives, then I believe this is the key ingredient, daily manna from heaven. The presence of God every day in our lives to the point that we become more accustomed to his presence than we do the world. And, and that means when we see things or hear things or incidents happen, that immediately, immediately in our heart, the word of God rises up on the inside of us. And the answer that we have comes from heaven. Everybody say, from heaven. You know, it says in the scripture, uh, and, and, and John preached last week, uh, the word that God had given us and that I had shared at the staff meeting, uh, manna from heaven in 2011. And uh, when I heard that, I've never in all the years that we've been in ministry, uh, some 30 years, I've never ever had heard uh, a rhyme. <laughs> a lot of people have rhymes, you know, and I put them on my desk. You know, Brother Copeland this year said everything is all right. He didn't say it's going to be. He said it is. I like that. Not it's going to be. It is all right. Why? Because the, the, va- the battle's already been won by Jesus. So it is all right. I mean, it may not look all right in the natural, but it is all right. And it's not going to be all right. It is all right. Now, there's a difference between going to be and is. And when you get that revelation, then every day you live is a day of victory. If it's going to be, you're still waiting on it. Are you getting this this morning? So God wants us to live in that that kind of a place. But it says in John 10... Three. It says, to him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You know, my mother, when we were young, uh, and that was lots of years ago, but, but where my aunt lived... Behind her house was a woods, and they said that strangers walked back there. Well, you know, we were young, Chris and I and my cousin linda and and we were probably you know grade school we were grade school age, but maybe eight, and they would say, don't go down behind the barn because there's strangers there. Well, you know we strange i mean strangers were strange strangers. And that meant, you know, these strange rangers were not people that you wanted to associate with. So we did not go near strangers. You know, the the strangers were the people that you stayed furthest away from. And we didn't even know the voice of the stranger because we never went around the stranger. We didn't know the voice of the stranger because we weren't associating with the stranger. We didn't walk with strangers, so we didn't know what strange rangers were saying. That's important this year. If you've got strange rangers that you're running with, get them saved or get away. Because you don't need, need to be listening to the voice of the strange ranger this year. And when you hear it, you ought to think, hmm, I don't even, I don't understand any of that. What you understand is what the Father says. And so it becomes, uh when I got this word, it, it became like it's got to be daily manna this year. It can't be just, you know, uh We'll get a word every Saturday, or we'll get it on Sunday, or we'll get it on Wednesday. No, every single day, every single day. And uh, I thought this was interesting. It's in Faith to Faith, but I wanted to read it. It says, this is the Amplified, the sheep listen. Everybody say, listen. We have a lot of people in the body of Christ who hear a lot, but they don't listen. We hear, but we don't listen. When we listen, we act on what we've heard. And it says, they hear and heed. Everybody say, And heed. And so he tells this story, he says, don't ever be afraid of making a mistake. Don't be, ever be so afraid of making a mistake, you miss out on the joy of acting on the voice of the Lord. Instead, trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit and let him show you how. He'll begin to speak to you by, about little things in your life. And as you grow accustomed, everybody say grow accustomed, to hearing and obeying, just like it says in John, that the sheep hear his voice, then it says he'll speak to you about weightier things. And it talks about the story of of how Gloria first heard the Lord. And he says, um, since the Bible promised we could do it, we began to approach our prayer time and Bible study time expecting to hear God's direction, and he began to give it. I'll never forget the first time it happened to Gloria. She'd been reading the Bible and just stopped a few minutes to see if God would say something to her. Right down on the inside of her, she heard the Lord say, the light is on in your car. That's spiritual, isn't it? It didn't occur to her that God would speak to her about something so trivial. So she just brushed that thought aside and went on listening. Pretty soon, he said the same thing again. He kept on repeating it until finally she got up and walked out to the car, and sure enough, the light was on. Two things. God always lets you know you heard him. And trivial things do matter to God. And that's what we have to learn. He wants to be a daily presence, a daily spokesperson, if you will, into our lives of what we're supposed to be doing. And we don't always know the next part. You know, I've found in my walk with the Lord, he tells me something, and then part two isn't, like, immediate. I like part two, three, four, and five. I like to see from beginning to end, and then I'll be all right. I can go down that road. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why would God bother with something so insignificant? God was watching out for her, and he told her exactly what she needed to know right then. Everybody say daily manna. See, daily manna is for the day. The daily manna, and when God... In the wilderness, if you'll put up that scripture uh, that's in Exodus 16, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread, or rain rain bread down from heaven on you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota. Everybody say quota. (laughs) That means you're not gonna get the whole loaf. This is just a little portion of bread. And and that I may, that I may what? That I may test whether they will walk in my law or not. If you go over to Deuteronomy, In the end, after the testing's all been done, they failed the first test, you know, and then they ended up in the position of going into the promised land, this next generation of Jews. When it got to that point, he says why he did it. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 8, you're going in to possess the land. And that's the ultimate goal of daily manna. The ultimate goal to possess the promised land is daily manna. Just enough for today, not for that goal of way down the road when we're going to get in the promised land. It's daily manna till we get there. And the daily manna is a test because when we get to the promised land, we're going to have to know how to walk it. We're going to have to know that we can only trust God in the promised land. So we have to get every day enough of what God says and act on it. Everybody say act on it. See, a lot of the body of Christ, they've heard so many messages that they're full of the word of God. But there is no action to go with that word. And God's words are quick. They are for that day. It's just enough for that day. There's not a lot left over for another day. You know, for the last five years since I started in this position of pastor, I have been in the park six of seven days unless I have to be somewhere. I am in the park every morning. I am there on purpose. I am there on purpose. I do my Bible reading, and I pray, and I listen, and I cannot tell you the number of times I've started the car and started out of the park, and God has said to me, go back. We're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. That means I have heard something, and I am off to do it because I am fast. I have a quick mind. Ask my husband. His is slow. (laughs) Slow. Mine is fast. Fast. And, 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 and God knows that. So he just... And I can tell you, I cannot leave the park. I mean, I have gone out, circled the river, and come back and gone to the park. there I sit. Until he tells me what he is doing. Sometimes he tells me a whole month out. Sometimes he tells me that day. But whatever he tells me, I write it down. And I know now, after these five years, without a doubt, God cares about daily what we do. And daily... Ultimately puts you in the promised land But if you don't do daily you are not going to get there You know when he told those spies to go in They went in They didn't. They, they went in and saw it But their report when they came out was We're not going there And God said fine See they, they complained about the daily manna from the beginning I don't want to be that person in 2011 I want to be getting my daily manna Every day and doing what God says to do It says in Matthew 6 you know we pray it Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our, our what? Our what? Daily. (laughs) Daily bread. Daily bread. You know, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And so what's on the inside of you is what you need to eat every day to survive and thrive in the world that you're living in. And the world I'm living in, I don't know why this year is, is, um, necessarily different in that I've been doing that for five years hearing you know daily what God had but um, I I do believe that we're ready to go into the promised land in this church and so I believe it's a word for the body for this year and I don't believe we're going to know every day what we're going to do because it says in Joshua uh, chapter 3 that when the children of Israel finally got to the promised land with their leader Joshua that, that God gave some specific instructions before they crossed over the Jordan. And what he said in verse uh, 1 of, John, of Joshua 3, Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove, came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days and the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, and this is, this is the key to being in a position where God, will lead you into the promised land. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, everybody say the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented their most precious gift, which was the presence of God. Everybody say the presence of God. When I sang that song this morning, when I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest, to live in your presence is where I want to be. That's because in that place is the miraculous. In that place is the place of possession. In that place is the place of victory. There is no other place because we're not of this world. We're in it. We're not of it. And the kingdom we're possessing is not this world. It's the kingdom of heaven and all it contains. And it says, you stay back. And the priest of the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space. Everybody say a space. space. Between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know... The way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. We have not lived today yet. So we have not passed this way before. Excuse me. When that woman went to speak in Arizona yesterday, she, she had no idea the turn her life would take. She had not passed that way before. I believe we're living in a crucial day. I believe God has shared with me that this is a critical hour to know the voice of God. And not just for, I think this year I'll do this. It's like, okay, today, God, when we wake up in the morning, what is it today I'm supposed to do? And that we don't go beyond that day. We don't do things Beyond that day. Now, we may be told to do something to prepare for the next day, but we don't go beyond doing exactly what God says. In other words, we don't finish what God has started. We we wait each day to know what we are supposed to do. When, they, when that came on the news, they said, we're still gathering information about what has happened here. We have no idea what's happened. Well, we know the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, which he did. He 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 stole many lives, not just the congresswoman's life threatened but many people six people died and 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 we don't even know all that happened we don't know and they don't know but god knows and so when things happen in the earth this year we have got to know what god is saying for that day for our life we need to know don't go there we need to know go there and we need to know that and God needs to know that we're going to obey what he says and so that brings me to what I want to share with you today in um October 1st of this year I was in the park and uh if you'll remember back in June I told you that this year John would increase and I would start decreasing in some areas in church Bill and I have known for for a long time uh I can't I don't know how many years how when did you graduate Purdue 95 95. When God spoke to us, and we went to see where John was teaching, and we pulled up, and uh, Bill turned around. He was weeping, and he said, the Lord just said to me, all we're going to do, we're doing for him. All we're going to do, we're doing for him. And at that time, it was really hard. (laughs) I mean, we were just beginning. We had no money. We had no nothing. And I thought, wow. I think we've already been through quite a bit for him, personally. (laughs) But because I love him, and he's my son, my number one son, okay, uh, number one. Matt, Matt, don't listen to this. <laughs> my eldest, my, the one I had first. <laughs> no, Matt, if you're listening, honey, don't you be choked up over this. <laughs> now, Matt's whole day will be ruined. No, uh, he is my firstborn. And, you know, there are times you all have been parents that you lay down your life for your children. You know, you just do what, what you're told. Well, you know, at the time, we just, we just went on because, I mean, we didn't even hardly have a building yet. You yeah, know I mean? We were just beginning. And uh, so when I told you that in June, uh, John's been here now for this will be, is it, you're in your third year, right? And um, so October came, and I turned 65 in August. You know, you go on Medicare. Now the government has control of my health, so I'm going to work out harder. Hallelujah. So if they take my pills away, I can survive. (laughs) Um, My thyroid's going to be healed by next week, and I will not have blood pressure. Hallelujah. Declare that with me. But uh, because once the government takes over, seriously, they could take your medicine. I mean, they may decide you're not worth living because you're too old, and we're not going to fix you. So... um, all of these things have been happening so then in october when i first of october i was in the park and this is what i heard you're in the fourth quarter of this year i know that i'm a bookkeeper <laughs> or the fourth quarter and he said this is your last quarter as senior pastor i thought really okay uh and then i heard you you will begin to de- decrease more and more And, 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 and John will increase, which I had already heard that, which that's great. But then uh, after I heard that, then I thought, well, then what am I going to do? Because I have been working since 18. I've been working for 35 years for the Lord and I love every minute of it. And I'm not wanting to quit. So I'm thinking, okay, God, what do we do? Well, I mean, how do I do this? So I have learned over the years, you don't go tell everybody what you heard. So I just prayed. I thought, if this is God, he'll continue to show me. And over time, he did continue to show me different things, you know, but he didn't really show me how this was all going to work. And I knew that he had told me, you'll know when it's time. You'll know what to do. And my husband, bless his heart, he had said, of course, he's, you know, he's retired to refire into other things. He's not really not doing anything around here. He's busy with the building. We're still working on the building and things with Sudan. And uh, so I said to him, well, when do you think that we're supposed to turn this to John? And uh, he said, well, I think you'll know. I thought, there he goes again. Every time. I mean, every time I ask him something, he said, I'm sure God will show you. You know, and, and so I said, okay. So uh, I was driving down the road. It was, it was the December the 8th. I was headed to meet Bill to talk about some things about Sudan for breakfast. And, uh, and I heard this. I want you to be like Frida Lindsay. I thought, Frida Lindsay? Uh, Frida Lindsay was the founder with her husband of Christ for the Nations, which is a huge Bible school in Texas. And uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get any revelation what that meant. And then a couple of days later, he said, she's a world leader, not just a church leader. And I thought, well, I'm not going to be a world leader. I'll tell you that. They're not looking for 65-year-olds to run the government, (laughs) although I think we might be able to do a little bit better job in some areas. But, I, you know, I'm thinking, world leader, what does that mean? I don't have any idea what that means. Everybody say daily manna. So I just write down what God says. Well, then I had felt like... uh, God was, I mean, if he was going to do it, January's coming. It's the last quarter. He said, it's your last quarter for Social Security. By the way, I'm getting paid now. I'm getting paid by the government. They don't just have control of my health. They're giving me money. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I like that part really good. And so that started January 1st. And so as I was praying, I was, you know, I still had no revelation of what was happening. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand daily manna. So then I'm playing the piano over here. Last, on the twenty sixth on Sunday and Lori leads and John preaches and Elizabeth does the offering. And I'm I'm playing over there and I said to Lori, right before she came out to lead worship, Now I picked the music because we had to know what I could play. <laughs> but since it's done and and she knew what we were I mean, she was in agreement she was part of it, but I said now I am I am not your mother, I am not the pastor. I am the piano player today, and I will be following you, so don't look to me to lead. Why? Because she is where the anointing is to lead the worship. It's not my job. i I, I, not to When you know what God has called you to be, you don't have to be what you want to be or think you ought to be or what somebody thinks you should be. You're what God says to be for that day, for that day. That's all we have is today. And so, uh, you know, I sat down afterward, and John was hilarious that day. How many of you were here? Oh, my Lord. I laughed so hard because I've also dropped a few things in the toilet before. So I was, and I didn't tell anybody. But I thought, boy, he is brave. He's telling everybody all these secrets already. And so, but I was just cracking up over here. And then I got, got my wits about me, and I sat back up. And just like that, he was saying something. And the Lord said, do you see the anointings on him now to pastor the church? Give him the church. Give him the church, and under him, the next growth in this church will come, and he will take it into the building. Just like that. I wrote it down. That was Sunday. On Monday, I called Pastor Bill to the park. (laughs) First time in history that I have called Pastor Bill to the park. I have called a lot of people to the park over the years, but not Pastor Bill. And uh, so I called, I called our friend, Bonnie Beadle, who's on our board and uh, was with us in Tulsa. She was Bill's assistant. And so she's known us for years. I said, you need to pray because I'm going to tell Pastor Bill what I think about this. And I, I don't know. It, it, we had had some times that we thought it might be. So I wanted to be sure that he really was listening maybe to my heart here. Not that he wouldn't, but, you know, this was not exactly what we had planned to do. How many of you know man plans his way, God directs his steps? And, and I have always counted on him to be the person who he is the president of this corporation. He still is, and he, he's that and he's going to remain that, but you know i I, I just wasn't I, I had to know he knew, so he came and I told him, and I told him about Frida Lindsay. I said, "I know, I know nothing about what that means." He said, "Oh, I know what that means. you're going to stay with John." I said, "Really? you think that because Frida Lindsay stayed with her children, and I read Doherty stayed with her son, Billy Joe. She wasn't the leader. She was not the pastor. She was the helper. She was the support. She was the mom. The mom. And so God had told me when you tell the church, tell the story about Mary with Jesus when she said, Do whatever he says. And so with confidence today, I can say to you, Whatever he says, just do it. Because God has said he's the pastor. I didn't make this up. I didn't decide it. I was sitting right there where John is sitting today. I heard it. Now, I'm thrilled, you know, for him to do it. I'm excited. I, I know what God is getting ready. I have no idea how it will happen. Everybody say daily manna. And God told me, you know, I, I had heard God say, you will decrease, he'll increase. And the desire to go away, because I had had a desire to go on a trip to see my brother. And, and, and God said to me, the desire to go away is me so that john will be more established but he said to me i'm just telling you this today so you'll learn because i missed it he said i will come for you everybody say he comes for us he said i'll come for you and i'll take you places where you will preach and he will be preaching in the church well you know i've forgotten all about that how many of you know you you hear things and you write them down that part i have forgotten about i was so busy on getting this thing done so i thought i said to bill we got to go away so john can be established Well, it didn't work out that we could go to see my brother. So I said to Bill, I don't understand any of this. I don't have anywhere to go, but I know I'm not supposed to be in church on on that Sunday John preaches. He's to preach the first Sunday of the year. Then he comes and he said, Mother, can I preach your word? I go, go ahead. If it's your word, (laughs) preach it. I don't care. Because as of January 1st, God told me. So I told the board that week. I mean, I got everybody lined up. I got the ducks lined up. I told him, Midnight, John. I told him. Honey, at midnight, on Friday night, you're on. <laughs> and it will no longer be on me. It will be on you. And if you understand spiritual things, there is a weight that comes with the office. There's, there's an anointing that comes with it, but all of that comes on him on January 1st. So he's preaching. I, Bill said, Honey, I'll take you to Florida. Let's just go to Florida. I said, take me anywhere. So we get in the car. We go to Florida. I woke up Monday morning, and at 5.30, we got there Sunday at 4. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. The Lord said, you are in the wrong place. Go home. I thought, I just got here. And Pastor Bill will never understand this word. I'm telling you. This one? Ah, uh-uh. he ain't going. I'm not telling you right now. Because he loves to be at Longboat Key. I mean, He thinks that we're Now he says God for sure is there because God gave me this word to go home. But I so I wrote down everything God said. And you know what he said to me? The reason you're here is because you started thinking about yourself. I thought, well, that's a horrible thing to say to me. I'm trying to do the right thing. And he said, you were trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. I want you to just focus on this church and John and get him where he's supposed to be and I'll take care of you so go home you're in the wrong place and so I thought well I wrote down today or tomorrow or the next day I <laughs> did you can read my journal three days I mean three days in the tomb Jesus for three days in the tomb maybe I should stay here three days you know because I've had some of those three-day messages before from God three days and then I'll reveal it so I wrote that Nothing seems to be working. So I go and get Bill up, and it's like 7 in the morning. Now, we have driven all night to get there. We just got there the night before. Ate dinner on the beach. We drove to Florida for a New Year's dinner. And he read it and said, get in the car. We're going home. And we loaded everything back, and we drove all the way back to Lafayette. And God said to me, that's daily manna. And you did what I asked you. Now, that's what this year will be like. Daily manna. And I say this to all of you. We are in a process in this church. Very important that we keep unity above all things. And the the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace is, what did God say? Just do it. I don't know how this will work, but I can tell you, I have no answers for this church. John and Elizabeth have the answers for this church now. I will support them and help them do whatever God tells them to do because I believe it's in our destiny for the vision of Victor Christian Center. It is not about me. It has never been about Pastor Bill, never been about me. It is truly not about John and Elizabeth. It's about the vision God has for this community through this church with the love, acceptance, and forgiveness to reach out to this community. And there are multitudes coming. There are multitudes coming. I love all of you very much. And I said to Sandy, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'll cry. Of course, Sandy comes over and starts to pray for me. (laughs) You know, I'm in my office. I said, don't look at me during the service. Whatever you do, don't look. at." Uh, So, you know, I'm not saying that this is like, oh, hallelujah. I don't have to look after you anymore. You're in my heart. You'll always be in my heart. You're in Pastor Bill's heart. But John is Where the anointing is and people where the anointing is is where there's freedom And so we need to pray for him and elizabeth on the 23rd. I will be saved 35 years I got saved on the 22nd filled with the holy ghost on the 23rd most important two days of my life on Sunday the 23rd, we will install John as the pastor of this church. I wanted to tell you ahead of time because I wanted you all to be here and be able to get all your friends and people you know that you know should be here so that we we'll really celebrate that day. And, and I believe that we are, we are embarking on a great adventure with God. Amen? Let's stand together. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah.